Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative to this guy for wisdom. Well, Happy New Year, Drew Nation. This is your beloved host, Drew Allen, the Millennial Minister of Truth. It's so great to be back with you. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on what happened over New Year. Nothing bad happened. I just mean in general. Catching up because, you know, we've we've been away from one another for so long. I just want to get straight into things, but I hope everyone's doing really well. What I can tell you right now, just before we get started, it doesn't really have anything to do per se with the things I'm going to get into throughout the rest of this episode, is just to keep yourself as grounded as possible, take care of yourself physically and mentally. There's going to be a lot of negativity this year. Uh, If you're a spiritual, prayerful person, I would encourage you to really, really lean into that and utilize that because it's going to be a hard year. It's going to be a hard year. Last year was hard. People are going through a lot of different things. Uh, No one's excluded from that. And, you know, there are a lot of us out there. And, you know, you're not alone. I'm not alone. We are all in this together as Americans. Now, with that said, uh, the Democrats have doubled down on their 2024 fear porn campaign. And I'm going to just lay it out here, the first episode of 2024, what you can expect in terms of vitriol, in terms of lingo, in terms of narratives from the left. And I'm going to play this clip a little bit later from CNN. It actually should uplift and encourage you. It is a pundit on CNN that kind of lets the cat out of the bag. It's a rare, honest moment from a Democrat pundit about, honestly, the enormous opportunity we have of taking back the country. Things are not going in Biden's favor. And based on that, I can predict to you with 99.9% accuracy what the Democrats are going to do because they always do the same thing and they never change. Unfortunately, the rhinos and Republicans never change either, and we need to make that happen. But anyway, by the way, I saw today, just before I came on, kind of breaking news, if you will, that the House Republicans were planning on holding Hunter Biden in contempt. Remember, he defied their subpoena to appear uh, for questioning. And we know how the Democrats dealt with Republicans who defied their subpoenas, Peter Navarro, I told you the story when I was in D.C., I was with him. And then a couple days later, I was on a plane home myself and saw that he was being shackled and taken off a plane because he defied a congressional subpoena. Same thing with, um, what's his name? Uh, Steve Bannon, Steve Bannon, and so on and so forth. So anyway, we'll, we'll get into that. Captain, did you pay attention to the Epstein documents? Have you, have you been intrigued by that at all? Not really. Captain's been busy. He's had a lot going on, like a lot of us. Um, And actually, you know, I'm glad you didn't really pay attention too much, Captain. Why didn't you pay attention to it? I'm just asking, because you were were super uh, just busy with your own stuff or because you're not interested? Okay, okay. But you saw that they were released? Come on, yeah. Turn on your mic. 
Yeah, so I saw they were released, and uh, uh, I didn't expect much out of it. Uh, I yeah. think I'm, you know, you figure something that as huge as that uh, issue was, it never got any traction. I mean, you're talking about, you know, kids and all that kind of stuff with big names and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, the the left media did a hell of a job, and, and, and the establishment did a hell of a job to just put it down, you know. If, if it was you yeah. and I, would have been, if it was you and I, we would have been all over the news, right? But And we're nobodies. But, uh, yep. so, I, I I just didn't have any interest in it. Uh, yep. And yep. Plus, I had a bunch of stuff to deal with over the holidays. Well, well, before we turn off your mic, I got one more question for you. Uh, did you see that Trump released uh, really, really detailed evidence of 2020 voter fraud? Did you see that? Uh, I actually saw that. And uh, uh, once again, it was Trump who released it. So the media is going to care less about it. Well, yeah. And it was overshadowed by the Epstein stuff. They, yeah. I think it came out like the same day. So all anyone's talking about is Epstein. But, you know, look, I, I got to say, I, I, I in some ways don't care at all about the Epstein stuff. And, and I'll tell you why. Because nothing's going to happen. Zero's going ha- to happen. I mean, it, it, did, did we learn anything new? I mean, I, look, I'm not going to, sp- I don't want to spend more than a, f- a few minutes on the Epstein stuff, to be honest. There's plenty of podcast hosts over there that, that would love to get your attention listening for 60 minutes about something that is nothing. You can find it yourself, some of the, some of the information. But, you know, w- we found out that Bill Clinton likes young girls. Surprise, surprise. Woo! You know, was, I saw Hillary Clinton on Christmas. By the way, since we found out from the Epstein files that, uh, of course, Bill Clinton uh, is a pedophile himself um, and likes young girls, uh, she has turned her comments off on social media. So, you know, you post something on X, formerly Twitter, for example, and people can go in there in the comments section and go to town. And she conveniently uh, shut those off shut those off after this uh, information was released. And so we know that about about Bill Clinton, but that's not news. That information's been out there for a long time. We found out about some other people. What was was astonishing but not surprising was the media response to the Epstein release because I I don't have the clip for it, but I mean, when I say this, it won't surprise you that they reported, you know, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump were both mentioned in the Epstein docs, right? As if to suggest that there's some correlation between Bill Clinton's uh, involvement with Epstein and Donald Trump's. Donald Trump never went to Epstein Island. And in fact, what was released totally exonerates Donald Trump. It's made clear that he had nothing to do with any of these young girls at all, unlike Bill Clinton. But the media is so disgraceful. And and I got to tell you, the DeSantis people on the influencing side out there, are running with this too. Uh, They are suggesting, you know, the same thing. They're using the left-wing talking point saying, Donald Trump has mentioned the Epstein docs to suggest he's incriminated or that he's a pedophile because he has pictures. Now, I mean, this is just, like, you know, I have a tolerance for some of this bull crap in politics because it's just the name of the game, even when it's internal fighting. But I don't have a tolerance for this kind of thing. And I could do the same thing with Ron DeSantis, who was very close friends with a guy with the last name of Sturman. Now, Sturman was a big donor 
and a close friend, a close personal friend of Ron DeSantis. Now, Sturm, Ken Sturman, I think was his name. You might have not even seen this story, but Sturman uh, was being investigated for inappropriate sexual conduct with a minor. So, you know, it's, it's pedophilia. And he killed himself amidst the investigation. Now, this is a close friend of Ron DeSantis. So you can say, Ron DeSantis is pictured with a pedophile, which must make him a pedophile, right? I mean, this is just so ridiculous. And I, I you know, I do have um, standards. And I, I'm just not going to do that kind of thing. I'm not going to do it. But that, 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 that's what, what they're doing. And so anyway, so the Epstein stuff's going on. We, I mean, look, Alan Dershowitz is in a world of, of trouble to some extent because he's named in these documents of having had sexual involvement with some of these girls. Now, he's denying it. And, you know, we'll, we'll see that where that goes. But, you know, at the end of the day, okay, the Epstein stuff, is anyone going to pay a price for this? Is there going to be additional investigations into this? Is Bill Clinton going to go to jail for what he did? Do you think any of that? So this is why, in some ways, I don't care. But everyone's obsessed with the Epstein stuff. And meanwhile, as I was saying, Trump released evidence of 2020 fraud. Now, I, I, and you know, DeSantis and others in the media, Fox News too, you know, we cannot talk about voter fraud. We're just supposed to move on from this issue. Never mind that the Democrats absolutely stole the 2020 election. But we're just not supposed to talk about it? I mean, we, at this point, we have enough information. Um, there's no reason to be fearful anymore. We have enough uh, evidence. We've got the J6 stuff and what happened. We, we, we know what happened here. And I just want to share with you a few things from this involving these swing states. And I just want to remind you that no court had the courage. And it's not even courage. It was their duty and job to deal with this. Because here we are in 2024 and the evidence has come out. I mean, look, I don't want to spend the whole show on this either. but. When you've got, I think it's Wisconsin, for example, that has come out, you know, was either in 2022 or last year, and the Supreme Court ruled that the drop boxes were in violation of election law in the state, that they couldn't be used and shouldn't have been used, that it was unlawful, and that was used during the 2020 election, well, obviously those votes wouldn't count. Obviously, there was the law was broken in the 2020 election in an entire state. And it took two or three years after this election was certified for Joe Biden for them to. So it's like, you know, if you can just claim that you won, if you can just get in there and then postpone any of this investigation until afterwards, it's too late. What are we going to do now? We've got an election coming up in 2024. Meanwhile, we have seen the greatest damage ever done to America by a U.S. president and an administration in our entire history because they stole the election. And these are the consequences of it. So Fulton County in Georgia, you might remember that. Uh, Biden barely won Georgia. And so just a few things. So Fulton County 
had, I think, three different counts of ballots, and they didn't count the same ballots during the original count and the machine recount. That means there's a discrepancy. There are 19,541 distinct ballots that appear in one machine count, but not the other. Here's another. Thousands of fraudulent presidential-only ballots were injected into the second machine count with huge margins favoring Joe Biden. Ballots that are blank except for the presidential contest were counted in batches together, with the pattern appearing in at least eight counties, including Fulton. Captain, I do not know a single person that only votes for president. In fact, I've never met anyone who fills out a ballot during an election year and they're such adamant Democrats or Republicans that they only vote for the presidential candidate. They don't vote for the Senate. They don't vote for the U.S. House. They don't vote for any of the local elections, the governorship, whatever it is that might appear on the ballot. So, gee, I wonder why that happened. Anyway, there's more. Uh, Pennsylvania was called by 80,555 votes. That means Biden won, apparently, by 80,555 votes. Months after the election, though, there there were 121,240 more votes than voters, according to the Pennsylvania Department of State. By law, Pennsylvania cannot certify an election with this type of discrepancy but they just did it anyway. So months after the election, right? It's over, J6 insurrection. We tried to overthrow, you know, the the results ourselves. And then we learned that there were 121,000 more votes than voters in Pennsylvania, according to the the, the Pennsylvania Department of State. Oh, it was the freest and fairest election in American history. Don't you know? Uh, According to the Department of State data, to give you the numbers, by the way, this is still Pennsylvania, right? There were 7,035,746 ballots cast in the 2020 presidential election. After all counties closed the election in SURE, S-U-R-E, it's an acronym for whatever system they they are required to use, only 6,914,556 voters were credited with participation in the 2020 general election. So you just have 121,000 ballots that don't actually have registered voters. You understand that? Arizona, let's move to Arizona, was called by a margin of 10,457 votes. Maricopa County accepted 20,500 mail-in ballots after Election Day 2020 including 18,000, more than the entire election margin, on November 4th picked up from the U.S. Postal Service. By law, ballots must be received no later than 7 p.m. on Election Day, which was November 3rd. So they just violated the law and picked up 20,500 mail-in ballots on November 4th. So... This is the story everyone should be talking about, of course, but they won't. And many Americans are afraid to talk about it. And this is my problem with uh, the DeSantis campaign again. They won't address these things. And I don't know who 
is advising him. I mean, I could look it up probably. I mean, I don't know who unofficially is doing it. But, 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 you know, it's not that hard. I could help DeSantis with his campaign. I don't want to, but I could. What does DeSantis need to secure the GOP nomination for president? What, like, what, what support does he need? He needs MAGA support. He needs Trump supporters to defect and back him. That's a necessity. And yet, somehow, DeSantis thinks it's wise to continue to alienate and attack MAGA voters and Trump. I mean, it's like beyond compre- Honestly, th- this guy has no political instincts. It makes me very, very worried anyway, should he actually uh, become president one day, given how he's run his campaign. And I don't know why he can't understand this. So, you know, in DeSantis's mind, he doesn't want to say anything that's nice about Trump. And so he won't, like, if DeSantis would come out, and I've got a clip to play to show you an example. If DeSantis would just come out and talk about how the 2020 election was stolen and it was rigged and unfair, we would like him. We would like him because he he would show that he has integrity and that he loves the country. And that he wasn't just a, I don't know, a blowhard politician that formulated his opinions based around political purposes. It would show that he had some kind of moral compass that didn't sway. And, and you're going to hear about the January 6th stuff too. We know now that these January 6th protesters I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, these people, I call it the, uh, the, 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 the gulags on the Potomac. These people have been deprived of their, their rights. Uh, these people have been unjustly uh, put in prison. Evidence has been withheld that would exonerate them. I mean, this is insane what's happened to them. And cue up, cut five, Captain. DeSantis was asked about this at the CNN town hall event with Nikki Haley as well. Uh, She was there. I mean, I don't know that she was asked about this, but I want you to hear this person ask DeSantis about J6 protesters. And I want you to hear DeSantis's response. And this perfectly illuminates why he's never going to win the nomination and why his political future is over. Go ahead and play the cut, Captain. Go. Patriotism. Did the January 6th insurrectionists display patronism as some of them claim they did? No, of course not. I mean, that was not a good day for the country. Um, I think the media has taken that, and I think the left has taken that and really tried to politicize it, but it was not a good day for the country. You know, patriotism to me... uh Now, for whatever reason, everyone cut it there. Uh, I, I actually did research because I thought... A lot of Trump people were posting this clip, and I thought, why are they cutting it here? What are they cutting off? Because I don't like it when our side does it either. But he goes on to say, patriotism is putting yourself uh, before your country, basically. And he goes on to talk about himself. And of course, DeSantis is not putting himself... DeSantis is not putting his country above himself. He's putting himself before his country. And I want you to think about something, too. DeSantis, you know, in Florida, you can only run for two terms, two consecutive terms. So DeSantis has spent, you know, much of his term already as governor running for president, which is 
what it is. Um, so, you know, 2027, there's going to be a new governor in Florida because he can't run for governor. So he doesn't have anywhere to go. DeSantis is a career politician. Uh, yes, uh, he did his, 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 his service in the military. He was a JAG. He was a, a, uh, uh, you know, a lawyer in the Navy. And, uh, yeah, he worked with Navy SEALs in terms of making sure their missions and so on and so forth, uh, abided by, you know, whatever restraints were put on us by our own legal system and, you know, our enemies out there. And that's fine. But his intention and pathway was always to go into politics and be a politician. So he was in the House of Representatives. And then when he had an opportunity to run for governor, he resigned from Congress and ran for governor. And the next step from governor is what? He wants to be president. And that's really what's going into his thinking, too, just as a human being. This isn't even me attacking him. I'm just saying this is a guy who needs a job in politics. This is somebody who only knows politics. And so if you're not going to be able to run for governor again, you're looking at the next option. And the next career choice for you as a politician is to try and run for president. And so I guess he really, really didn't want to be unemployed between 27, 20, you know, 2027 and 2028 because he decided to run for president now in the middle of his gubernatorial term. So, you know, but there he is. I mean, DeSantis should have immediately said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, look, Vivek Ramaswamy gets it. Whether you like Vivek Ramaswamy or whether you think Vivek Ramaswamy is a fraud makes no difference in terms of what I'm saying right now. Because Vivek, fraud or authentic, either way, he knows how to talk. He knows how to appeal to conservative voters. He pushes back on the media. He defends uh, the J6 protesters. He talks about what happened in 2020 in the stolen elections. And it doesn't matter that those things are of a net benefit to Trump and the reality. He still says them, even though he's running against Trump. Now, DeSantis, if he did the same thing, I guarantee you his poll numbers would double. I don't think he'd win the nomination still, but I think there are plenty of Trump supporters that actually might have considered moving over to the DeSantis camp had DeSantis uh, chosen a different strategy, which would be to stay in your lane, more or less, let Trump attack you, but defend Trump. And then you look like the good guy. You look like the nice guy. And more importantly, you're saying those things that even MAGA would like to hear more from Trump's mouth. So this is just crazy. He he just he just uh, you know, you know we, these ins it wasn't an insurrection. I mean, this guy he should have responded to this guy and said, "Excuse me, sir, there was no insurrection. These were not insurrectionists. The insurrectionists are in the White House right now. The insurrectionists are Hillary Clinton and Obama, who engaged in a coup attempt to subvert the will of the American people in 2016, as they made an overt effort." to overthrow Trump's presidency with Trump-Russia collusion. Quid pro quo was an insurrection. J6 was an insurrection by the federal government and the feds. I'm sorry, I'm running against Trump, but this was no insurrection and Trump didn't inspire it. And frankly, in case you didn't notice, sir, Trump just came out and exposed the fact with very, very clear evidence that 2020 was a stolen election.
But see, DeSantis won't say that because he thinks it's going to help Trump. But, but the irony is, if he would just say those things and do those things, it would help him. So the people, the, I, mean, I mean, it's just whatever. You know, what do I know, Captain? I'm just a publicist to the stars, right? I'm just an A-list publicist, you know, with, with all these clients in politics that are politicians, Carrie Lake, Dr. Naomi Wolf, Dr. Ben Carson. Yeah, but, but hey, you know, what do I know? I, you know, I, I see these people all the time, Captain, and the DeSantis people in particular, Look, I'm not talking to you if you like to say I'm talking about those people out there that are making you look bad. Uh, that are the influencers out there. But they come for me on, on, on Twitter or X. They got these groups. They put me in groups, you know, uh, you know, Nazi whores, you know, will be a group they'll put me in or something like that. You know, I mean, I'm serious. This is how it works. And I can go and see those lists. So they put me in a group so they can go and attack me. And none of them, I mean, you can Google my name, Captain. It's not like. I mean, if you type Drew Allen, Drew Thomas Allen, conservative Drew, I mean, there's like a hundred pages of material, interviews I've done, et cetera. But I guess these people don't don't bother to even look it up because you know they they call me a grifter and and they um, you know these people I, I don't know what they do. They all have these uh, they don't show their faces. They're all cartoon images or no image at all. So there a lot of these are like bot accounts, but. uh, you know, it's it's just it's just amazing. I mean, it's like you know, I'm 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 not I'm not a, a genius. I'm not saying that you know, but but I work in the world and I have access to information, and I don't just shoot off the hip like a lot of these people. I mean, I I, I work in politics, uh, so you know, it's just it's just amazing to me. But anyway, that's why you listen to this show, uh, because of my expertise. Um, you know, something else happened too, and we're gonna move on. But but uh. So, I'm sure this is going to surprise you, Captain. You'll be shocked to hear this if you haven't already. So, Chris, okay, well, before I say this, remember how Trump was attacked? So, Trump has not attended any of these debates, right? GOP debates. And the... One of the prerequisites or requirements to be in these debates, one of the many, right, but one uh, necessary uh, box to tick was that you would you would p- sign a pledge to support whoever the nominee ultimately was. So in order to attend these debates, you had to promise and pledge that, you know, say if Trump got the nomination and you didn't, you would still support Trump. Well, Chris Christie signed that pledge and he is saying, and he was on... on uh, where was it? This is on MSNBC, MSNBC with Mike Barnacle. What a last name to describe somebody. Mike the Barnacle. Well, he asked if he would vote for Trump, breaking his pledge with the Republican National Committee. And Christie said no. He wouldn't vote for Trump even if Trump's the nominee. So here's the pledge they signed, by the way. I affirm that if I do not win the 2024 Republican nomination for president of the United States, I will honor the will of the primary voter and support the Republican presidential nominee in order to save our country and beat Joe Biden. But Chris Christie is saying he was just blowing hot air. And so Trump was attacked because he wouldn't sign this pledge. But you know what? You got to hand it to Trump, don't you? He wasn't willing to sign that pledge, make what you will of it, but he 
But he also didn't do the debate. He didn't lie to anybody. But Chris Christie, you, you think that Ron DeSantis is going to come out and attack Chris Christie now? Chris Christie's a liar. He's a fraud. I'm going to support. I mean, I mean, it was always a joke anyway, this pledge. It was an absolute farce. It was an absolute farce. While this debate was going on, by the way, the there was a shooting at a school in Iowa. Or maybe it, maybe it happened the same day. It wasn't during the debate because the debate, the 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 uh, town hall happened later. It was in the evening. But there was a school shooting. I want to talk about that in just a second. Because you'll be shocked to learn that as we've learned information about this latest school shooter, um, he's, of course, mentally ill, and he spews Democrat Party ideology. So I don't mean this with hyperbole, and I'll explain in a second, but the Democrats have so much blood on their hands. And that's not to stoke some kind of, uh, you know, for the sake of upsetting someone or creating controversy. I'll explain why in a minute. But cue up, uh, let's see. Cue up cut one, Captain. I want you to hear... Uh, by uh, Trump's former ICE director, amazing human being named Tom Homan. I just want you to hear him talk about what's about Trump's record on the border. And the reason I want to play this, and I'm sorry, yes, it does come back to DeSantis. DeSantis is out there attacking Trump for not finishing the border, not securing the border, not doing X, Y, Z. And of course, it's entirely disingenuous because he leaves out the reason Trump wasn't able to do it, and that's because Republicans opposed him. I mean, he tried, I mean, Trump did everything he could to try and make it happen. And, you know, he still got a lot of done. He got a lot of border wall completed. But DeSantis wants you to believe that Trump doesn't keep his word and he doesn't really keep care about the border. But here's Tom Homan, uh, who is a great American. Listen to what he has to say. Under President Trump, illegal immigration was at a 45-year low, down 83 percent, unprecedented. And, and what, the only thing that upsets me about Ron DeSantis, he talks about he could have done more. We built 465 miles of wall. President Trump did things. I worked with six presidents, don't Ronald Reagan. No president has done more to secure this nation, protect this country than Donald Trump. Regardless if you like it or not, you can't deny the unprecedented success he had on our border that saved lives. Well, there you have it. I mean, that's the truth. Um, that's the truth. But you're not hearing that from, obviously, conveniently, people that, you know, want to supplant Trump and so on and so forth. Uh, but, you know, this guy is somebody that Trump would bring back in his administration and would be part of the massive deportation operation that would be necessary. It would be necessary. Uh, anyway, I, I'm getting it. I'm, you know, this is such a pain. You know, I, I, I'm getting a, a text message right now in the middle of my podcast. You know, my, my um, our heater went out, Captain, when we got back from Christmas. And so, the, you know, look, I live in Northern California. It's not like I live on, in the mountains uh, on the East Coast or, you know, in Montana. But, you know, it's been cold. The house is like 50 degrees and we got a nine-month-old daughter. And so we had to get this fixed. And it was a really, I mean, it took days and days and days of freezing. My poor daughter uh, wearing, you know, 
just, you know, a little Eskimo, dressed like an Eskimo. And anyway, we finally got it fixed. But now, now that we have a heater, uh, uh, my wife, you know, my wife's texting me, uh, can you, you know, I have the, I have it on my phone. I can turn it down. She's in there with a baby, putting the baby down for a nap. So she can't do anything. And in the room that my baby is in, that in the baby's room, it's so small that it heats up so fast. Like the rest of the house can be cold with the heater on, but that room's hot. So my wife's in there, poor, poor, my poor wife texting me, you know, uh, please turn the heater off. I'm, I'm, I'm sweating. I'm sweltering. So anyway, that, you know, whatever this, this is, this is life. You're part of it. You're part of this life. So, uh, you know, anyway, that's what's going on, but we're good. We're good. We're back. All right. So, so there was a shooting in Iowa and I just want to read you the latest information about now you're not going to hear much about this particular school shooting in the media. And the reason is because the shooter uh, used pronouns. The shooter had a history of regurgitating uh, transgender ideology and so on and so forth. So this is an inconvenient mass shooting or attempted mass shooting. I don't know that it was actually qualified statistically as a mass shooting here, but it is a tragedy and our children should be safe. And, you know, the Democrats, you know, they'll spend a couple, a couple, um, hours trying to convince you that we need to take guns out of law abiding American citizens hands instead of addressing the fact that this shooter was motivated by mental illness, which the Democrat party is exclusively trying to cultivate in our young people and our schools this uh, culture of hatred, this culture of victimhood, this culture of uh, kind of sociopathic behavior where we do not care about one one another, where you have Joe Biden, of course, smearing Americans as domestic terrorists. And he did, you know, uh, Biden, they just released his first campaign ad for 2024. And that's exactly what it does. It says that you and I are the threat to the country. We have to be defeated. So anyway, the suspect behind the Perry High School shooting has been reportedly identified as, I'm not gonna, I, I don't like saying their names, Captain. Anyway, this guy, this shooter, uh, police confirmed the shooter's identity. Several were injured. One boy, a sixth grader, was killed. God, man. The shooting took place in the morning prior to the start of the school day during a breakfast program. You know, Captain, I'm going to say something that is controversial right now just to make a point. If I was a Democrat and the ends justified the means, do you know what point I would make knowing that the shooting took place in the morning prior to the start of the school day during a breakfast program? I would say that if we didn't have welfare for kids in public schools in which we provided free breakfast for the children, this sixth grader would be alive because they wouldn't have been in school at that time. This is how they play the game. Do you understand how, what they do? See, that's it. What I'm saying is insane. And I'm, I'm telling you it's insane to make a point. So when this person kills somebody, 
They say we need to take the guns away. If we didn't have guns, this wouldn't happen. Well, you know, if we didn't have school breakfast programs, Captain, this child would be alive, would he not? Because he couldn't have been at school. Isn't that how this works? So I propose that we cancel school breakfast programs throughout the nation because if it saves one life. All right, let's move on. So this shooter allegedly had a TikTok account where he went by the username took too much. The student's last post was him inside a bathroom stall with a duffel bag on the ground next to him. The still video featured the words, now we wait, with a song called Stray Bullets playing. Uh, The account, which has since been wiped by TikTok, featured an anime girl as the avatar with the biography only featuring the gay pride flag and identifying as a DJ. Other videos on the account include Butler, uh, I freaking said his name because I'm reading it. Whatever. Talking about getting faded on Christmas or getting high, having a pretend gunfight on a school playground with another person and smoking weed with a group. In one photo posted as part of a group, Butler posted, Bro thought I was sharing my Gatorade, he's mad accompanying with trans flag emojis, as well as the hashtag gender fluid. Another account called whatever his account supposedly shows the pronouns he, they. A Reddit account believed to belong to this individual, the killer, posted on the board r-trans in response to the question, for those who haven't started transitioning yet, what's holding you back? And the killer responded, I don't want to look ugly. Uh, The killer also said they preferred hot dogs for days. Now, you can imagine what he means by hot dogs for days. I don't think he's talking about the hot dog that you get at the ballpark. So the discussion, if we were a serious nation that cared about about our children, would be why there is a prevalence of mental illness amongst our young people in schools, and it's very clear one of the reasons behind it, what they're being taught, the confusion that's being sowed in their minds, that these people have no purpose because they're being led astray to embrace these insipid ideologies like they're tr- like they should be transitioning that you can be gender fluid and they're teaching this to people in third grade so it's starting young and these people grow up and they're disillusioned and they're unhappy and they're dissatisfied and they're listening to a democrat party that's saying we got your back and these other people around you are monsters this is what you get So the Democrat ideology is responsible for a vast number of these shootings. And you can go down the list. I mean, it's not not that every one of these, of course, is related to trans ideology. But it's people who are disaffected. It's people who... You know, I mean, sometimes I, I mean, I, I don't. And a lot of these people, though, Captain, too. It's not even. It's not. It's not a financial situation. These people aren't broken by income issues. Like these people aren't living on the streets. They aren't necessarily on welfare. They're not even coming from families that you would expect. This the trans killer in Nashville 
her mother was a, uh, I mean, they were religious. You know, I mean, when you look at the parents, obviously, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, but the point is, the indoctrination, it doesn't matter even if you have good parents. If you entrust your kids to these public education systems run by Democrats, you lose control of, of the value system put in place because they view themselves as the parent. And they view it as their job to impart these values, which are not values at all, on those children. So it's, it's very, very disgusting. And your children aren't safe in public schools. They are not. At some point, Americans are going to have to acknowledge more and more that by putting their child in one of these public schools, they're putting their child at risk. They're putting their child in danger. And the government, the Democrat Party, it's evil. They have to be held accountable for what they're doing to our kids at school. All right. I'm going to move on. That's related, though, to diversity, equity, inclusion. Because this is one of those other ideologies that they're teaching in schools and in the workplace that is leading to this kind of mental illness and this hatred and things that ultimately lead to shootings, violence, etc. And I, I get into this in my book as well, by the way. Um, I do touch on it. America's Last Stand, Will You Vote to Save or Destroy America in 2024? I talk about DEI, and one of the things I write, Captain, is, uh, you know, while, while critical race theory is aimed at corrupting the minds of children and students, Democrats have implemented DEI training to indoctrinate adults in the workforce. DEI stands for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. These DEI training programs have been rolled out on college campuses around the country, but are overwhelmingly used by corporations, nonprofits, and other workplaces throughout America to teach adults that America is a racist country. It's CRT, critical race theory, for adults. The alleged purpose of DEI training is to create a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive culture where employees feel safe to be their authentic selves, which is a lie, of course. Um... But I point out that DEI is more insidious than the ap- academic theory of CRT because it doesn't merely teach racism. It is used to implement racism. It's the enforcement arm. Just as I say, communism and fascism are the enforcement arms of the ideology of socialism, DEI ensures that the racist ideology embodied within CRT is adopted. So DEI is where you take somebody who's completely unqualified for a job and give them that job for factors that have nothing to do with merit. And that's what happened at Harvard University with Claudine Gay. She resigned. And if she weren't guilty, she wouldn't have resigned. Obviously, there was a lot of pressure on her. But Claudine Gay works was the president of the most elite university in America. Harvard University. And I don't think it's surprising, Captain, or it shouldn't be, that the most elite university in America, or any university for that matter, that prides itself on education, uh, it's not appropriate to plagiarize. 
you get flunked for plagiarizing as a student. So imagine having the president of that university who was revealed to be a serial plagiarist. And that was Claudine Gay. So it's no surprise. There's no controversy. The only controversy is that Claudine Gay was the president of Harvard at all. But I want you to hear, of course, a New York Times columnist, writer, someone who works there, uh, defends Claudine Gay on MSNBC. This is cut three, caps, and I want you to queue up, cut, cut three and play that one for me. This is, of course, the left's defense of Claudine Gay. You know, it's she wasn't fired because she was a plagiarist, even though she obviously was, and it's been admitted. No, no, no. She was fired because we just hate black people. Go ahead, Captain. This is really an attack on academic freedom. It's an attack on uh, people who are pluralists and believe that you should bring people from all over the world together uh, of diverse backgrounds and that you, you actually have more scholarly rigor and, and more um, value can be uh, brought by having people from different backgrounds. This is an attack on diversity. This is an attack on multiculturalism and on many of the values that a lot of us hold dear. Mm-hmm. That's why these presidents are under attack. That's why Claudine Gay was under attack. The fact that she's a black woman and the first person uh, who is a, a black American to lead Harvard. You don't have to, I don't have to say that they're racist because you can hear and see the racism, the attacks. This is racism as well. So there's a lot of different layers here, but I don't want to miss the attacks on academic freedom. And I think it's much easier to target women or women of color. Um, but ultimately, it's not going to stop there. And, and yeah. I really hope that we can stand up for academic freedom, you know, no matter who the target is of these campaigns. Well, <laughs> so many buzzwords. Academic free. We need to stand up for ac- academic. Fr- what do you? What does that even mean? Honestly, I don't even know what academic freedom means. I'd have to Google that. I know it's one of those buzzwords they use, but it doesn't mean anything really. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is an attack on sc- scholarly rigor because you know DEI hiring someone like Claudine Gay is about scholarly. Ri- Nothing says scholarly rigor, Captain, like hiring a serial plagiarist at an elite academic institution. Now, we know Harvard's a joke. So everybody with a Harvard degree out there who's gone there in the last, you know, 15 or so years, your diploma uh, ought to be next to your toilet uh, and you could use it when you run out of toilet paper. That's what your Harvard degree is worth. All that money to go to Harvard. Honestly, I would be ashamed. I'd I'd be scrubbing Harvard from Uh, any of my public documentation, because anybody who sees you went to Harvard associates you with these lunatics, these ignorant individuals who are anti-Semites, who defend Hamas, who hate Jews, because that's what your university now represents. So congratulations, DEI. Um, Everyone knows. Everyone knows. There's no secrets anymore about DEI. But, you know, DEI is one of those things culturally that the left depends upon to bring about their communist Marxist agenda. And that's why they're defending it so heavily, because they have built a lot of their identity uh, on this DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. And it's built on the myth that it's some kind of necessary force for good. And now we're saying 
And all the Americans are seeing who didn't see before, the DEI is ludicrous. And um, I, I was going to say something. I lost my thought there. Uh, da, 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 I don't know. I'll come up, come up with it. Oh, oh yeah. L- l- let's see what DEI has gotten us, Captain. DEI. It's gotten us Claudine Gay, the plagiarist president at Harvard. She happens to be a black female, of course. Uh, let's see. What has it gotten us on the Supreme Court? It's gotten us Katanji Brown Jackson. She's a female black person on the Supreme Court. And she knows as much about biology, of course, as she does about the U.S. Constitution. Can you define a woman, Katanji Brown Jackson? Uh, No, no, I cannot. I'm not a biologist. Well, okay. Thank you for your time. So that's what it's gotten us. And then, of course, it's gotten us a a black female who also happens to be a lesbian uh, as the press secretary, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. So... Let's see. Let's let's review. DEI is so good that it's given us a press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, who's incapable of speaking in complete sentences or coherently. Wonderful. It's gotten us a Harvard president that's a plagiarist, and it's gotten us a Supreme Court justice who can't define a woman. Yep, I think we can scrap DEI. What do you think, Captain? Yeah. So anyway, uh, I want to get back to the border situation. Um, Because as I said at the beginning, you know, the Democrats are doubling down on their 24 fear porn campaign. Um, One of the things they're going to do, by the way, they're talking about climate change. If you pay attention, they're really making a big deal of climate change. Actually, let's do this first, Captain. I want you to bring up whatever they are, those photos, Captain, kind of one by one. I'll read them to the audience here. Uh, Or if you're watching, you can see it on the screen. By the way, this podcast is available on Rumble. So when I do this show, it's going to be uploaded also to my Rumble page, uh, which is the Drew Allen Show. Now, look, I think there's a couple on there right now. I've got to delete an old one. Uh, The correct show on Rumble actually has like no followers. So you can follow it. Uh, People are finding it and viewing it okay or starting to, but this is going to be on Rumble. It is currently on Rumble, but every episode is going to be uploaded to Rumble. It just takes more time commitment for me, but I think it's worth it because people seem to want to watch. I I never thought that was a thing, Captain, but people really like to watch these shows. All right. So let's review here. So pull up that first one. This is from MSNBC. Now, we've heard them say that Donald Trump is a threat to democracy, right? If he's elected, reelected, we will die. Uh, Democracy will die. Well, now they're saying also the climate change. uh, Well, let me read the headline. If you thought the stakes for 2024 were already terrifying, we have some bad news. Captain, I cannot read what's underneath that. Can you see it? Can you read it? Turn on your or, or make it clear? Yeah. I think it might just be blurry for me. Yeah, I just I I've got an issue with the like it's all just a blur. It, it has to do with the pixelation or something, Captain, for me. So I can't read it. Okay, what it says is a Republican in the White House would ensure that the world blows past the threshold of calamity. 
Ooh, look at that. So if you reelect Donald Trump, uh, we will blow past whatever you'd heard Captain say it there. Now, now, all right, now pull up a couple of these pull quotes. Go to the next one, photo two. American democracy is at stake in 2024, and so is the fate of the Earth. Time is quickly running out on cutting greenhouse gas emissions fast enough to avert catastrophic climate change. If a Republican such as Donald Trump wins the presidency, the loss of American leadership on climate change in the crucial second half of this decade would ensure that the world blows past the threshold of calamities, as uh, Captain was saying. All right, let's go to the next one. Now, they say that, you know, uh, Trump did all these things that were bad for the environment. They say Biden, by contrast, is using every power of the executive branch to limit climate pollution from regulating power plants unconstitutionally, I might add, to strengthening efficiency requirements for everything from cars to refrigerators. The administration has engaged in essential climate diplomacy with the first special presidential envoy for climate, John Kerry, striking groundbreaking uh, bilateral emissions reduction agreements, which, what a joke. What a joke. Anyway, go to the next one, last one here. If Trump or any like-minded Republican takes office in 2025, the U.S. will abandon all of these efforts, which not only increase U.S. emissions, but decrease the incentive for China. And What a freaking bunch of blowhards, Captain. Unbelievable. So they want you to be scared. You can pull it off. I'm done with this. I can't even, I can't even read the next one. Basically, you know, if you care about the planet, you'll vote for Biden. I mean, this is where they are. Okay, but but cue up and play cut four, Captain. I want you to hear, I cannot believe, I could not believe, Captain, that I heard sanity on CNN. I mean, somebody was actually honest. Honest. And listen to things like this. Remember things like this that are said. Because anyone telling you that Trump cannot win in 2024 is a liar, and they do not have the best interest of you or this country at stake. They're selfish. I have one goal. I want to save the country. That's why I am supporting Trump. Because he's going to get the nomination, and we can win with him. And they stole 2020. So play this cut, Captain. Uh, Listen carefully. There's very few people that are actually in the middle, even though most people identify as independents, uh, most people really lean one way or the other. But I think the thing that's really important to keep in mind right now is that only 4% of Americans think that the political system is working well. So all of this negative rhetoric is actually playing into the beliefs of the American people. And the American people are also saying, seven in 10 Americans are saying they want a fighter to be the president. And so this is sort of what they're looking for. And in many ways, Trump, as we're just talking about, Trump has always played this character. He is the fighter. He wants to go in and blow things up. He's going to be the outsider. He's going to do all of that. And he did it in 2016. That's the way he ran in 2020. And it's who he is today. And I think because more than one in two Americans right now feel worse off today than they did a year ago, it could work very well for him. Joe Biden owns the situation right now. And so when you talk about how bad things might be, if Donald Trump were to come back, they're going to compare it to how they felt three years ago. And do they feel better or worse? So I'm not sure that for Joe Biden, the negative rhetoric is one that's going to work. The democracy rhetoric absolutely did work in the midterms. We know that that was something that did rally the base in 2020. But when people feel so much worse now than they did then, the question is, you know, what? how, do, how does Joe Biden answer to say, yes, it's going to be so much worse, but people feel worse 
anyway. The Democrats are panicking, panicking because their policies are incapable of improving the economic situation for Americans because their policies, whether it's related to national security or domestic policy, they're by design intended to destroy the American way of life and prosperity. They're intended to hurt America and help our foreign enemies. And because of that, and because they're incapable of, and, 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 in, yeah, it, totally incapable of changing course because they're dedicated to collapsing our nation and destroying it, things aren't going to get better. And so the only option on the table for Democrats is to say it's the end of democracy. It's, it's to say things that aren't true now and won't happen in the future. The planet's going to die if you elect Trump. Ooh, fear-mongering. Democracy's going to die if you elect Trump. Ooh, okay. So this is what they have. And she is saying that people don't care about that message. It's not resonating. Things are getting worse. And so I just want this stupid fake primary to end. I want DeSantis to pack up his bags after he loses in Iowa. And I want us to dedicate ourselves to speaking to the American people in unison on message with Trump, that message there. Are you better off today than you were under Trump? The answer is no. And we have to remind people that and get them to ask themselves that question every single day. Because when they start to ask that question, they will start to let go of the distractions and they will vote with their wallets. Because historically, that's what happens. And if we can stay on message, we can win. But all this stuff happening now with these fake CNN town halls that are propping up Haley and DeSantis and all this infighting, it's a waste of time. A waste of time. And the Democrats are loving it because as long as we're doing this, we're not talking to the American people. We're not giving them hope. So, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. That's the truth, what she just said there. Now, cue up cut two. This is Bill Nye, the non-science guy who is telling you, I mean, he's talking about the climate and, and, you know, somebody like me, according to Nye, I'm just, I'm just a, a dummy climate denier. Why don't I just get on board with these climate scientists who've never gotten a single prediction right? They're batting zero for a thousand. Come on, just believe in us. Go ahead and play Bill Nye, MSNBC. Props respond well to that. That's extraordinary. Maybe true. But anyway, the upside of changing, of getting away from fossil fuels and using renewable energy uh, is is, uh, very up. How to say it's good for everybody. And the conflicts we have overseas would be mitigated or reduced or the causes would be reduced if we weren't in business buying oil. And so this is all what people have been talking about for decades. But right now, the other side, as you pointed out, is just vehement in denying climate change. And I really, that's a tough thing to explain, except that the fossil fuel industry has been very successful in introducing doubt about the science. Yeah, I, I think. The, the, the fossil fuel industry didn't, didn't create any doubt. You created doubt because everything you've ever said never came true. You said that Manhattan was going to be underwater a decade ago. You said the Maldives were going to be gone. I mean, you, you repeatedly lied to us. You told us the, the ice caps were going to melt. 
We've got ice sheets actually growing right now. So it's not the fossil fuel industry. It's you guys who are a bunch of corrupt liars, and we know it. And we're not going to tolerate you doing it anymore. You were destroying our livelihoods with your baloney conspiracy theories about the climate. And they should be ashamed to show their faces. Bill Nye is a joke. Bill Nye is not credible. He's not a scientist. He's a fraud, like all of them. And anyone pushing the climate change agenda is not an intelligent person. And the worst case scenario is they know they're lying because they have a political agenda. So anyway, so there's your fear porn campaign that's going to get ramped up, all about the climate, all about democracy. They want you to be scared and scared. But you should be hopeful and optimistic because we're going to beat these people. And they're going to scream and they're going to get crazy and they're going to have more hyperbole, but they're doing it because they're losing. They're freaking out because they're losing and they see it slipping away. They were so close to achieving their decades-long ambition of creating a tyranny here in America and they were they saw the finish line, but they went too far, too fast, and the American people have had enough and there's enough patriots in this country left to push back. And so they're screaming because they see it all slipping away. And what you're going to see now with the border unprecedented. It's treason what's happening. But the Democrats in White House are, of course, blaming Republicans for the border situation. And what the Democrats are going to do, they're going to continue to say, they're going to propose legislation and demand that the Republicans pass legislation to secure the border. But what's in that legislation that the Democrats demand is not securing the border. They'll ask for money and boots on the ground. But the purpose of both of those is not to prevent the invasion of the border. It's to expedite it. The problem the Democrats have right now is not that there are too many people coming across the border. It's that they can't process them fast enough. So they want to put more money and troops on the ground in the border to make sure that they have the resources to actually facilitate a quicker invasion at the border. So don't fall for this crap. This is all on Biden's feet and Mayorkas' feet. And what they've done is treason. So anyway, it's, it's great to be with you again. This is Drew Thomas Allen, your millennial minister of truth. Welcome to 2024. I will be your compass this year. God bless you all. And until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Allen. As Drew Allen. I look to this guy for wisdom.